everybody. It's the Fuaca the Podcast. This is Juan Navarro, creator and producer of the Fuacata. What's going on, folks? How's your week going so far? It's a Thursday, and that means it's a new podcast. So there's something, right? Crickets. Crickets. Always crickets. Anyway, folks, this, uh, this time it's a nice, long, chunky one. It's a Making Comics panel over at Beyond Comic-Con. I'm joined with uh, Kenny Calderon from Wild Inks Studios. Uh, me and him have worked on a couple of things together in the past, and we're working on a current comic cartoon strip called uh, Office Unicorn. And uh, me and him are buddies, so we always talk shit. We always talk about uh, we're work buddies, real life buddies, regular buddies. And we're always talking shit. He's a busy, busy man. You can always find out his stuff at WildXStudios.com. I'll be doing links in the in the description. And, uh, yeah, and I think we dropped some knowledge. And he dropped some knowledge. I, I decided to shut the fuck up a little bit in this panel. Uh, other than making a crude, stupid joke here and there. Nothing like saying my friend runs a porn company to a bunch of fucking middle schoolers. Just so much fun. <laughs> so, uh, listen in. It's fun. Enjoy. Maybe I'll learn something. And you are at the Making Comics panel with me, Juan Navarro. And also joining me is Kenny Calderon from Wild Inks. Hello. Um, just so you know, my past, I've been the editor-in-chief at uh, Creature Entertainment for over 10 years now. I'm one of the head writers. I am also one of the artists. I've been making comics for a bit. Did Zombie Years and Vigil, which are both on Webtoons, if you want to read them. And you can find all my stuff on Fuakata. I'm producing my own book called Fuakata. Fuakata number one uh, came out. Uh, it has three different stories in it. It's also a sketch cover. So if you want to get a sketch cover or anything like that done. Um, and I have those available on the floor. I actually have number two about to be done. I got to finish lettering it. And issue two will be out. And then joining me is Kenny Calderon. That's Hello it. again. <laughs> uh, my, like he said, my name is Kenny Calderon. Uh, I am the owner of Wilding Studios. We're, we're a, a, a studio house that is diverse in different art styles, photography, graphic design, graphic art, illustration, so on and so forth. Uh, professionally, I've been doing comics and children's book illustrations for a little over 10 years. Um, I've also uh, been doing trading cards for Upper Duck under the Marvel Comics license for, what, like six years mm-hmm. now? Um, I've been doing it for ten. <laughs> yeah, 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 you've been doing it uh, a longer, longer yeah. Um, and currently, I've, I'm going to be f- featured on some variant covers for some books coming out this year. I've done uh, variant covers for Tommy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and uh, another one of uh, Creature Entertainment's IPs, uh, The Chronicles of Char Malazi. Um, I have copies of this on the floor as well. Let me see, is that number two? This is number one. I'm number waiting one for Keith to bring me number two. Ah, uh, okay. And currently... I did the lettering on this book. Yes. <laughs> and I currently have an art book for sale, volume one, The Art of Kenny Calderon, which is also at my table. All right. There you go. So we got lots of stuff done. We make comics all the time. Yep. 
So we're just going to be talking, but if you guys have questions, I don't know if you guys are doing anything. Are you guys creating a comic book right now or a cartoon? Or? Well, they're definitely not. <laughs> they came here because I'm here. Um, but no, I'm more of a, I used to, I used to be a, an, animate, an anime artist like years ago when I was in high school. And then I kind of got discouraged with doing anything with art anymore. Mm -hmm. So then I stopped. But I still love like comics and mm -hmm. anime and... Um, I, I mostly now read a lot of manga and webtoons and things uh, um, that are mostly about the drawing part of it rather than the story sometimes. Because mm. some of the artwork is like, it's so good that you just want to keep going even if like, so maybe the storyline isn't that great because it's not, it's not completely the um, illustrator's fault that you know, the, the storyline isn't great, but like, the artwork is like, always so spot on. God, and I've heard the opposite. Yeah. I've heard the opposite when an artwork is like, eh, oh, yeah, but the yeah, story yeah. is really good. Happened. That's definitely happened. You know? because, like, One Punch Man, of, supposedly. I always see, you see that a lot on webtoons, though, and, and mm. web novel, because like a lot of people, like they're like starting out writing their own kind of like stories, but they don't know how to draw that well, so like they just kind of like do whatever they can and like, use like different like systems or like use Photoshop to create like mm -hmm. little characters and post them out. But I, I think I get that, but like sometimes just like the artwork's so good. But yeah, I just. Well, that's the thing too. Like webtoons, if you want to make comics, it's like so easy now just to go up there and put a comic book up. Um, we were just talking about it because we were working on a comic together now called Office Unicorn, pretty much about a guy who is in the workplace, you know, just in, you know enjoying his crappy job, and a unicorn starts working there. And he has to contend with the unicorn and everything that he's doing. It's an actual unicorn, though. It's an actual unicorn, though. It's like not like we're not being hyperbole about it. Hmm? Yeah. 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 He oh, okay. that, the only, they, they, he's the only guy. The guy's the only guy who can see him. Yeah. Everybody thinks he's just a new guy working at the office. Oh. And so later on in the story, we find out that the unicorn is there because offices are where they take the the drudgery of humanity is used as the fuel for magic in the other world. <laughs> So offices are just like oil wells for them. Everything about most comics is a lot about hyperbole and metaphor. <laughs> it's just so much. Yeah. It's so perfect. So that's something that we're working on. And you asked me the other day about putting it on webtoons, right? Yeah, because um, the Office Unicorn is an IP that, that we came up with that's going to go into uh, a newspaper, uh -huh. right? But the newspaper is going to be completely composed of comics. So it'll be like the funnies out of the newspaper, right? Mm. And it'll have puzzles and little mini games and so on and so forth. So <clears throat> my idea is outside of this publication, you know, we put it out there, you know, in front of more eyes, you know, to see if it's got legs, you know. And if it gains popularity, you know, we can do a bunch of different things with it. We can yeah. make little ash cans. We mm -hmm. can, you know, uh, pass them out at shows, right? Something to kind of build up a little more of a buzz, you know, because it is, it's my first comedic strip, right? I do a lot more of the dramatic, a lot more of the serious stuff, right? You know, but my roots come from, like, graffiti art and cartooning you know because I'm, I'm a native new yorker so like that was yeah, that's yeah. that's where i started before i got into the more uh the more serious stuff so it's refreshing for me to 
do an IP like The Office Unicorn, which is very fun, right? And, and you know, I didn't realize just how much I missed it <laughs> until I did the Tommy covers. Okay. Right? Because those, those were fun. And, and the, you know, the run on Susie. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to it being something. Everything you know, has its little beat, its little visual language, its own thing. Yep. And it's, like, funny because when I've done, like, I had to do horror covers, right? Mm-hmm. And I had to do, or the, I do a lot of homages, yeah. doing like that crazy. But then it's like, it's funny to have a little bit of humor and put something in there, a little wink, wink, nudge, nudge, you know, kind mm-hmm. of thing in there to mess with people. And um, that's always been a policy. I was talking about that with Jude the other day. I was like, the whole idea is like, if you're having fun drawing it, people are going to have fun looking at it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's like one of the things like I kind of like when we work on stuff on certain things that we're doing. Absolutely. I that's... want to ask you about that name, Fuagata. Fuagata. Where did it come from? It comes Fuagata. from the sound that we say. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm half yeah, Cuban, yeah, yeah. half Mexican. Okay. So... <laughs> when I heard it, I thought, oh, that sounds so Cuban. Yeah, for Florida, for at least South Florida at least. Is it South Florida? I don't remember. Um, I remember like... Well, there's a graffiti museum yeah. there, and it became yeah. official. The thing is, it became touristy. Yeah. That's the problem. And it's just like the same thing South Beach. I'm older than you, so South Beach used to be the art capital of Miami and you used to go I used to skip school to go there because the cops wouldn't mess with you and also because you could lie because the cops would be like hey aren't you supposed to be in school and I was like no I'm from Canada and then <laughs> they would believe it and I'd be like alright um, we don't have school right now in Canada I don't know what the hell I was talking about but um, well, but there was a lot of artistic but the tourism came in the money came in and now it's a plastic place that it is so I was there just the other day because uh, my, my girlfriend's an opera singer and she was doing a performance over there. And I was just like, man, this sucks now. Like, it used to be so underground and weird. It's same thing with Wynwood. It used to be, but it used to be so underground and weird, they would break into your car. Like, and then, like I remember working in Wynwood and it'd be like, oh, you know, I would leave the windows down just so, like, they know I got nothing to steal in the car and they won't break the window just in case. So. Isn't there like a con- um, I don't know if it's graffiti, but a, a little art scene going on in Apaloka area that. That you pass through streets and yeah. you see a lot of local graffiti. Yeah. That was that was the the thing that we did. What thing we did in the in the warehouse district. Oh. or was that Hialeah? No, it was Hialeah. It was Hialeah. It just seemed like yeah. There's, there's always something that pops up, and they want to do murals, and they want to do like stuff like that. I've done it in Hialeah. I did a mural for Bucky Dent Park. I did a couple of the. No, that was in Hialeah. That Bucky Dent. The yeah, that, was that, that, that was, that was, that uh, was like east. Yeah, we did a mural murals there too. Um, that's always comes and goes. You know, it depends on who you want to. I mean, I remember in Hialeah, there's right there, right by Okeechobee and Palm Avenue. There's this great wall there. I wanted to draw big Oye on the side of a thing and do it. And I talked to the guy at Helito's Banquet Hall. Nice. I remember when I met him, I go, oh, yeah, you know, I said, oh, that. and the guy just looked at me like, nah, you know, like, what are you going to do? Um, yeah, you know, the artistic front is just a weird thing. You guys that just joined us, you know, there's the Making Comics panel, like we said. So if you guys have any questions, feel free because we're just blabbing away about our projects. <laughs> to, um, to piggyback off of what you said, right, and, and 
in relation to what you what you brought up. Uh, there's there's an authenticity to creating, right? That someone who who creates often, when you see someone else's uh, work, you're able to determine whether or not they phoned it in. You know what I mean? So like. Like to what you said, you know, throwing in, you know, the little Easter egg, the mm-hmm. little Easter egg joke, because you know you're enjoying what you're drawing. Yeah, you know what I mean, and and you can see a person's passion and what they do, re- regardless of what it is. It could be cooking, carpentry, whatever. Right? Creativity is an expression of passion. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and, and that's a, and 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 that's the reason why too. Like I've been drilling it in people's head. I don't care about talent. I don't think talent really is exists. The biggest thing you, is passion. Yeah. Talent comes from passion. Like if you really want to do something, you'll do it all the time. Yep. You know? Um, and I think that's like the main – because like it's like when you want to cook something and you really like – you eat burgers a lot. Yeah. You make burgers. Yeah. You tend to be good at making burgers after of a while. Of course. Like, you know, you get, like, you get fancy, you start yeah, 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 fancy yeah, yeah, names, the bang burger, yeah, the bang, right? yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, and so that's the thing you get like really good at it. So I always tell people like, if you're passionate enough, you will find a way to do it too. And uh, that's all it is. And, and like, as long as you have fun and, and, and put it together, then from there, then we get into discipline and making the thing and technique and that, but then that, that comes from passion. You're willing to sit down and watch a YouTube video on how to use a crow quill pen you know, like you'll go to the art store, blow 30, 40 bucks in art supplies yeah. just to make a mess. <laughs> but it was a fun mess to make. Yeah, and like you said, it stems from passion, right? Because no one, no one is born knowing how to do something. We learn. It's muscle mm-hmm. memory, right? Like I, I, tell, I tell the kids that I teach all the time, like be honest about what you're doing. Like, I, I assign prompts for them to do every month, right? And, and, I, and I make it so the prompt is not just interesting for them, but fun for them. Something that they can be excited about. Because if it's something that's super mundane or something that they're just not into, they're not going to produce the way I want them to. And one of the things that I encourage is for them to be honest about what they illustrate. If they're honest about it, they're excited about it. If they're excited about it, I get better results. You know what I mean? And, and with those good results, they actually learn something. And they're going to be excited to learn whatever else I show them. You know, I'm self-taught. I didn't go to an art school. We didn't have YouTube. <laughs> you know, I predate internet, as, yeah. as messed up as that sounds. Right? Yeah. So, a lot of... What I learned on my own, I learned by experimenting, right? I was very introverted as a kid. So I spent a lot of time in my room. You know how much my brain exploded when I found out that the original art of comics is done on 11 by 17? Boom. And it's done this big? Yep. <laughs> and I was like, they're trying to draw it by Spider-Man. I'm like, how did they do it? Like, yeah. Wait, you know? yeah. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, no, they draw it this big, and then they shrink it down. And they're like, oh, what the? Yeah. You know, I see what kid... And, um, and all the all the trade dressing were like clippings, yeah, that yeah, they would yeah. Like stick onto the cover art, mm-hmm. and like all the oh, uh, that there was a penciler, that there was an inker, that there was a letterer, that there was a colorist, that there was a completely separate guy to do the corner boxes, exactly. And and this is the old other thing because of before the internet, what happened was that you 
it was hard to go and get your work out there. You had to send your stuff, photocopies of your stuff, see if somebody will print it because there was no way of getting your stuff out. Now you can just go online. If you're on Webtoons or something like that, again, you, or you make your own website on Tumblr or WordPress or any of these sites, you can have your comic out in 20, 10, 20, 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. You know, designing the website probably will take you longer because you'll be like, nah, I want this button here. Yeah. So it's just one of those things where I, I feel like everybody can be making comics and anybody can be making comics. Now, you want to make a good comic? That's a whole other bag. That's a whole other panel, I think. That's a whole other, like, <laughs> yeah. that's, a, that's a whole other. But making comics, it's easy. It's it easy to get the stuff out there. It's, a, you know, and I always say this is the thing because I've messed with film and I've directed a couple of small movies and I did a couple of things. I will tell you this, nothing is more awesome than looking at a blank paper and doing whatever you want. Yep. Like you don't have to contend with budget or oh, people are gonna like it. You can do whatever you want, say whatever you want and put it out there. And so it's so strong, it's so powerful. It's just go for it. I would really go for it. On, on a deeper level, right? Artists are the real free thinkers, right? That's why the majority of artists can't thrive in an office environment. I, I've worked in warehouses, I've done security, mm -hmm. I've done accounting, right? And, and I've, I mean, I've- As you mentioned that, I feel like a vampire, like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to run around. You know what I mean? And, and I do art full-time now. I've been doing it full-time for three years. Mm -hmm. to like go to school, go to college, you know, but mm. some, there's other avenues. So like how, how were you able to make it a full package? So I did it the hard way, right? Because like I mentioned, I'm a native New Yorker. So when I moved here, I didn't know anything about Florida. I didn't know anybody outside of my family. So uh, when I made the decision that I wanted to do this full time and I wanted to take it serious, I had to A, make sure that my stuff was marketable, right? So that meant that I had to make sure that whatever I presented to people that I had an intention of selling, I had to make sure that it was worth buying, right? Now, there's an audience for everybody, right? It's the different, it's the reason why, you know, uh, anime resonates with a certain group versus, you know, a lot of the American stuff like SpongeBob, you know what I mean? There's an audience for everybody. However, I pride myself on being very diverse. So I can do cartoons, I can do the more serious stuff, I can do um, uh, photorealism, you know? So it's important to diversify. Don't put yourself in a box, right? The key to doing this effectively to where you can make a living off of it is having multiple revenue streams, right? But as a creative, you want to make sure that those revenue streams are creative revenue streams, right? Like, sorry, no, the, a piece of palm just <laughs> fell, and I thought it was a person. Oh. I was like, Dad! <laughs> I'm like, should I so, scream? So, by making sure that those those different revenue streams are they fall under the umbrella of you being creative, it doesn't feel like work. It doesn't feel like a job, right? You got a question? Yeah. So talked about your artwork being marketable and stuff like that. Um, I'm assuming that also, like, you also talk about not limiting yourself to certain, like, you want to be diverse, mm -hmm. but how do you find 
how do you get comfortable with finding that diversity? I guess like, again, like some of my youth here, like they're very talented artists. I'm always telling them that. Um, I'm just trying to get them to understand like, hey, you might draw like this, and me personally, I like that. Like I have them try to draw me tattoos all the time. Mm -hmm. That's just how I try. A little sweatshop, all right, cool. <laughs> well, I like it. Really yeah, you have a future in uh, business, I man. I want them to explore their, like, their art style differently. Mm -hmm. So how do, you find, how do you get comfortable with that? I have, I have students that range from the age of 8 to like 32, right? And they're all different levels, skill levels, right? Um, I tell all of my students to follow three rules. And, and, and these three mantras are like the mantra that I've followed since I was 7 years old. I'm in my early 40s, right? And I'm self-taught. One. Dedicate 20 minutes to an hour a day to drawing, right? And it doesn't need to be something finished. It doesn't need to be something fully rendered. It could be just simple gestures, right? You see your neighbor taking out the trash, a quick gesture drawing of, like, him holding the, the can or something. You know what I mean? 20 minutes to an hour a day, and it doesn't need to be anything finished. The second thing is do things outside of your comfort zone, right? If, you, if you're awesome at pencil art but you suck at doing ink, just do ink sketches, right? Do, do arm studies, you know? Get, like, do things outside of your comfort zone, right? It's the only way that you'll be able to diversify, right? And the third thing is watch how other artists work, right? So because I didn't have YouTube, right? I would go to events like this, or workshops, or I would just sit in my art class and look at the other kid that that has most likely been doing it longer than me, that was a little more developed than I was, and I would watch his his like uh, work habits, how he would do, and then I would try to implement that. Yeah, osmosis is a big deal. Like Huge. we we well when we were in the tattoo shop. Yeah, you know we had a tattoo shop, and um, I, I was managing a tattoo shop, comic shop. And he would come into work on one of the tables. I would be on another table working. And, you know, and sometimes just how we would do an ink or how we would diversify some pen work. I would, just little things. So a pen that you're using. Yep. It's like, hey, what pen is that? Oh, that's this. This is a Pilot P700. Okay, cool. And just those kind of things, osmosis and being around it. When I've taught kids and everything else, a lot of times it's for a portfolio prep for colleges and for stuff like that. And I've gotten a couple of good, well, okay, five out of five, actually. All of my kids into the magnet programs and colleges. I tell them all the same thing. First off, most colleges don't really care how talented you are. Yep. They don't really care like, oh my God, he's a Rex Rembrandt. No, no we don't, they don't care. What they want is that you love to draw because you're gonna end up drawing a lot. If you don't love this, if you don't like being at a table for eight hours a day, minimum drawing, you're not going to like doing it for a living. Mm -hmm. You're going to hate it. And you have to be prepared for that. And so they want to see a full sketchbook. Front page, back page, everything. Every corner, every little thing. Drawing. You're living in that sketchbook. They want to see 20 to 30 hardcore pieces. And of, of those pieces, if it's 30 pieces, 20 of them are like hardcore drawing. Color work, black and white, pencils, whatever it is. The last 10... Maybe you can go fa la 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 and like this is my expressive stuff, but you got to show off that you really care. Once you really care, then they'll be like, okay. Then they'll look at your grades and everything else and be like, all right, this person's not insane. 
let's see about bringing them into the school. Mm -hmm. That's the kind of stuff that you have to be going to. And if you're experimenting and putting stuff, that's like my sketchbook is everything. I carry one with me all the time. Yep. It says always with me. Uh, I have my schedule, my planner. I paste stuff in here, everything. Um, but you have to be very prepared to love this. You have to be very prepared to be drawing this all the time. Um, I think every time we do like a video meeting, we're always at our drawing desks. Yep. Like I don't think of never. <laughs> now I thought about it. Like yep. we're always at our drawing desks, and sometimes we're both drawing while we're talking. Yep. So when we've done video meetings, it's something that you always will be doing. You're always strapped to your chair, and I don't say this as a bad thing. I will say as a bad thing. I worked in advertising for 15 years. I was an art director for a major cigar company. I was an art director. Um, at well i worked as a graphic designer at ign i worked in a bunch of stuff in san francisco i've worked in a couple of places new i era. all right huh new era new era i was a graphic designer for new era and everything all right now saying all those big names and everything i hated it i hated it i hated it i hated it reason being nothing bad i worked with great people they're lovely and they're awesome but once you're in that game and you're doing that for a long time and you use your creativity for somebody else mm -hmm. you really got to be prepared because if you're going to turn a passion into a profession, that's a big deal. Mm -hmm. I tell people all that all the time because be prepared. Because one thing is cooking for your family. Yep. If you want to cook for your family, you make a grilled cheese for your loved ones or something like that. That's, yeah, you care. You want to make one for yourself. Okay, yeah, you care. Now you have to make 130 of them because table, you know, number four <laughs> is coming in. And they think the grilled cheese is too much cheese. You know, stuff like that. Yeah. That's a whole other thing. That's a profession now. Now you're a chef. So that's a different kind of take on it so you have to be very 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 willing to get into something like that yeah. um once you accept those terms excellent then you can go forward and bouncing off of the three things i always remembered because I, I think it was um oh my god the guy at the dc frontier i always forget his name he told me this at a con but i've heard, I heard it echoed by so many other comic book professionals because even jim lee said yeah. it a bunch of people yeah. they're the three things in comics especially you either have to be really talented, mm -hmm. really responsible, you're always on time, yep. or a nice person. And they said you have to be at least two of those three things. 100%. So either you're likable and you're always on time, but you're not that talented. Maybe you're not that great. But man, that guy always gets the work done and I get along with him. Yep. Or maybe you're amazingly talented and you're always on time. Well, he's kind of a schmuck sometimes. and everything. All right, kind. They will, if you can be all three, you will get far in this comic book yep. industry. Very, very far. Um, and it's about putting your best work out. And mm -hmm. you have to be going back into getting the diversity or getting your artwork. You need to learn to hustle. Yep. The hustle is real. Can you describe the hustle? The hustle is you wake up and it is how do I make the next step? If it's sell a print, sell a t-shirt design, sell whatever is your strengths what are your strengths at the moment and how do you sell those you're selling yourself to a certain degree mm -hmm. you know you're also selling what you can do your abilities and everything else i tell people all the time do an instagram and you can put your comics on there post something every day a drawing every day even if it's a god-awful doodle draw 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 why because after a while you will little by little somebody's going to capture your stuff oh i like how they drew moon knight in this one oh that spongebob looks kind of funny whatever it is as they see it every day you're going to gain these followers you're going to gain people looking at what you're doing and they're going to see progress i know that's how i look at artists there's artists i follow because they post something all the time maybe they post only once a week maybe they post but you're always putting something forward 
You can go right now, get a t-shirt design, go on T Public, Spreadshirt, Redbubble, Society6. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of websites where you can just post that. You make it and everything. You're going to sit there and it's going to tell you, okay, minimum is 1200 PX by this. Learn what those terms mean. Learn Photoshop. Learn Illustrator. Mm-hmm. Learn InDesign. Learn these programs. You can now go on YouTube and learn them. I remember when you had to buy a book. <laughs> and you had to sit there and look at a book and open the book and be like, how are you doing this? You know, learn those things and make your own little business. Yep. What if it's t-shirt designs? What if it's a comic? Yeah, a lot of artists, you know what happens to It happens to me all the time. I will see something and be like, man, I could do it better. Mm-hmm. I have a better idea for that. I, well, if you have such great ideas, <laughs> go do it. Exactly. Put your best for, foot forward. And you're young. Do it now. 100%. That's the main thing. Because yep. there's so many times I look back and I'm like, why didn't I take advantage then? When I, I lived in San Francisco for, during the first uh, internet boom. And it was one of those things where I looked around and I saw so many people become millionaires. Mm. And I was kind of like, hmm. Maybe I should try this. <laughs> you know, it didn't happen, but it was good to see that it was a possible. And most of the time, the one thing in common that they had is they had something going, putting out there for people to find. Yep. And that's what you need to do. And if you don't believe in your work, how do you expect no anybody else to believe in it? If you don't love it, you have to be the evangelist. You have to be the Bible beater, the guy that comes around and says, this is the greatest thing in the world. Look at me. Mm-hmm. I'm so, this is me going, I'm so smart. Mm-hmm. I am so smart. S-M-A-T. All right? <laughs> do that. That's the main thing. Yeah. And you guys have time and you can do You're living at home and you just you don't have to pay bills. Oh, my yeah. God. I'm envious. <laughs> yeah. That when, uh, when, I, when I started my hustle, I started going to different shows, just networking, talking to people. Like he said, you know, uh, being my own cheerleader. Right? Mm-hmm. I, and through my network... Uh, I tried to maintain a really good reputation, right? Because before anyone can take my art serious, they they have to talk to me. Oh. You know what I mean? And it's important to be personable, like like how he mentioned that even even industry professionals, you know, he, do I get along with him? Is he responsible? You know, is he talented? Right. I, I was already working on the talent aspect mm-hmm. and, you know, on the responsibility. I wanted to sell myself, right? And I'm 20 years in, and in those 20 years, I can say that my reputation is impeccable. Yep. And, and we talk. Like this industry, we talk. Yeah. All the time. So if somebody says, hey, man, I want to hire Kenny to do this cover and blah, blah, blah. Be like, hell no. No. Um, <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, dude, you'll, you'll knock that out of the park. No problem. This and this and that. And what happens if you have a bad reputation, you rip somebody off, yep. you don't turn in things on time. Sometimes if you're super, like I said, I knew some guys that were super talented, amazing artists, but they sucked at deadlines or they were just weird. They were just like, dude, this guy disappears. There was like major colors. I'm not going to mention his name that I worked with. He ended up working with Rob Liefeld. He did Deadpool. He did Deathstroke. He did a bunch of stuff. But I go, dude, this guy's such a flake. Yeah. He said, so people said, bro, you know, he colored some books for us. And they were like, oh, I want to use his colors. I'm like, yeah, man, he's awesome. But um, he's going to flake out on you on occasion. Oh, it's okay. Whatever. Then lo and behold, five months later, bro, the guy flaked out on me. He did like five amazing pages and then he disappeared. I'm like, eh. Consistency. 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 Yeah. 
yeah. you gotta meet those responsibilities all, yeah. you know it, it all it all works in tandem you yeah. know like as an artist i learned to be an entrepreneur right which is why most artists have agents that represent them right i only recently got an agent like last summer oh. you know before that it's been just me going out there knocking on doors and you know networking you know that um i had to build my network maintain my network to now i can say that i have regular clientele uh-huh. you know what i mean and that clientele is you know private private you know civilians people in the fashion industry i've been working with a with a clothing designer for like going on 20 years now uh the 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 contract work with uh, different publishers you know it's it's all relationships because in this industry it's like any other uh like subculture people talk you know if if you know someone is con- like sees my working and is considering hiring me they're going to ask people that have already worked with me I, i'm thinking about you know working with Kenny is he is he a good guy is he punctual oh no he's awesome or Kenny's a dick you know what i mean <laughs> His work is fantastic, but he's a dick. Work through his agent. You know what I mean? And that, yeah. set, that already sets a bad precedent. Uh-huh. So I try to be personable. I talk to everyone, uh-huh. right? Sometimes I'll get people just kind of walk up to the table while I'm in the middle of working, and they just want to peer over my shoulder, right? And I'll invite them over on the other side. Yeah, have a seat, sit down. Let's, you know, because I was there. And one of the things that you guys in particular don't have that fortunately you got some some people here representing that is mentorship. If, they, if, if for whatever it is that you aspire to get into, you surround yourself with those people. Uh-huh. Right. Because osmosis. Yeah. Right. You pick up the traits, you pick up language, you pick up habits. You got to I always say this. You got to learn to love to learn. You know, you got to love to learn and want to get better. Um, again, 20 plus years of doing stuff. But I always look at like the last three months for myself. I've been working on my own, doing my own thing, working with all these other stuff. And there's stuff that I'm picking up. And even now, I'm just still learning. I'm still learning. You never know everything. You never know like, I'm that's it. I'm the master. No. The guys that are real masters always learn. Always learn a new thing. And when you get up there, you then know, you start teaching. Like... That's what your next thing you do. But you always have to see about how do I improve. And the main thing is looking at the thing you hate the most, like that thing that you hate. I can't draw hands. Guess no. what? Yeah. Draw five pages of hands. It's hand city. Yeah. You know, uh, my figures suck. My that, feet suck. The, ex- the, listen, I, I start eight-year-olds with anatomy. The, the, fir- the first thing is build confidence, right? Because it's the difference, uh, it's, it's the difference between, man, you know, I'm kind of shaky at doing his hand. You know, even the line quality reflects the confidence, okay. right? So what I do is I sit down next to them and I'll, and I'll show them two different ways of doing hands. I'll show them the Disney cartoon way 
and I'll show them the life drawing way, right? And by, by showing them the simplicity on how to compose whatever part of the body it is, I'll have them do it, right? Like, like there's a psychology behind this. So I'll, I'll demonstrate it and I'll say, did that look hard? And, and, you know, most of the time they'll go, no, but, you know, you've been doing it a long time, whatever, whatever, right? I was like, all right, so let's try it again step by step, blah, 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 blah. It's a, right? breaking it down. Yeah. Just breaking it down. And the main thing is, look, when you start anything in life, you're going to suck. It's just the nature of the beast. That's fine. You have to start somewhere. Yeah. Some people are better than others. Some people can hold a pen better. Some people can like, that's fine. Don't be so hard on yourself. The worst thing you can do is nothing. Yep. Doing nothing is the worst thing you can do. If there's anything that I, I've said yes most of my life to most of the things that came in front of me, and I can't regret it. The only times I've ever regretted it is saying no. And there were things I ended up doing later on in my life that I'm like, man, I should have done this earlier. Why didn't I do this earlier? Because I was scared. What are people going to say? I don't want to be judged. Dude, what's great about getting old is you get to that point where you just don't care anymore. Like, whatever, bro. Like, I don't care. I'm old. I don't really give a shit. I turned it into like a mini game with myself. In my sketchbook, if I ever hide hands, the next page is draw hands. The entire yeah. page, hundreds yeah. of hands. Yeah. Phil, I, I would dare say, like what Ken was saying about drawing at least 20 minutes a day, fill a page. Yeah. Fill two pages of of it with whatever. Yeah. Even if you want to do cartoons, if you want to do, you know, uh, and if you want to copy, mm -hmm. at, especially in the beginning stages, if you want to sit there, open a Spider-Man book and just copy Spider-Man straight from the comic, copy all day. Don't tell people it's your own. That's a, that's a, be like these are copies that I did, yeah. but you're gonna learn something small about like oh how he drew that muscle or how he put that shading right where he put the shading or how he didn't do this oh okay and you're gonna learn something from each time when you do that. It, it all comes down to problem solving. Is there a trick you can do? Like one of the tricks I do is like I have certain like poses for my hands memorized, like one that's like pointing a little bit, one finger out usually or two fingers out. Mm -hmm. Holding something and I just kind of like... One thing that helped me, and I've been drawing hands for years, but what helped me was uh, Jim Lee did this in New York Comic Con. He did the, the Pentagon little thing. Yeah. And he just did a Pentagon, like here, short here, long here, like that. Yeah. And then he would just draw the fingers from there, like where you want to go, like so the points. Yeah. Yeah. Draw the points of where it is. And then he would draw these. And dude, that helped me greatly. I mean, at least it still doesn't cure all problems with drawing hands. But it gets there. Yeah. Yeah. And then once you recognize the, the knuckle and the different yeah. lengths and stuff like yeah. that. Like, is it, there's there's little rules of thumb that that uh, that you can pick up, right? Like, one of my biggest influences is Da Vinci, right? Da Vinci was a Renaissance man. He like, in my opinion, this could be a hot take, but. <laughs> He's the granddaddy of everything we know contemporary today. He was the first one to break down the human body anatomically. Uh, he was the first one to break it down mathematically correct to where you get the proportions down packed every time. Right? So it's like, it's these little rules of thumb where like, you know, your chest is always two heads wide. Full adults are always eight heads high. Kids are four. You know what I mean? Um, what's this other one? That in, when you're composing a face, 
in the center of your face, you have room for a third eye. That keeps your eyes from being too close together or too far apart. You know what I mean? Unless you're Uma Thurman. Yeah, unless you're Uma Thurman. Or Brandon, <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> and then the center of your face will always line up, right? The ball of your nose, Cupid's bow, and your chin. You know what I mean? Uh, All this stuff. I'm, yeah. t- I'm telling you, I don't... I don't I, I don't get how any of you are scared of anything anymore because yeah. fear comes from ignorance and not knowing. Like when you don't know something, if you look at a dark hallway and you don't know what's at the end, I get it. You don't know what's all down there. You get scared. But now it's like, dude, you just go YouTube and, and you find anything and everything you want yeah. on there. And I'm constantly like on there. I, I was just talking to somebody like I don't watch Netflix. I don't know. Like everything is YouTube. Yeah. Everything is just, yeah. you know, but then that's where all my paranoid <laughs> stuff comes from. It's like, you, you, go down the, you know, them alien ships are made out of potatoes. You know, like, the moon you, is an egg. You go down the, the, the doomsday prep. <laughs> exactly. But it's like, it's just so many things like that. Yes. So you said network. How can some of these kids start establishing a network? Like, well, right there. You know each other. You're doing it right now. Yeah. You're doing it right now. Because it's as simple as just, you know... You know us. Going to you got our business places. cards. Yeah. It's as simple you get, right as... Right now, you have two artists that you know. And you can reference. That's it. And what it is, is that you got to also support each other. Yep. There used to be an old punk rock homage that I like to use. It says, if you want a scene, you have to be in the scene. And we used to say that all the time about, like, when Churchill's was around, when we go to see punk rock shows or anything like that. Because people were like, punk rock scene sucks, bro. No, you suck because you don't show up <laughs> to any of the shows. You don't buy the stuff. Yeah. I wore all the T-shirts. I wore all the stuff that were my friends' bands and everything. I remember they'd be like, man, you don't have to buy it from me. I'll give it to you. Like, no, I got to support, bro. Boom. And I put money down. And, you know, always be out there talking to them. And you will be amazed at, like, the boberia that you're into, the thing that you think is dumb. And nobody, there's other people that, that's fascinating. Yep. I used to have the, I had that argument with my, my other partner sometimes, John, because I'll be, you know, he'll be like, bro, you have a mess in your, like, like your, or your studio and blah, blah, blah. And I have my paintbrushes on my stuff out because I'm a painter, too, and everything else. And then all these other people come in and they're like, this is so cool. Oh, yeah. man, so this is where you paint and this is where you blah, blah, blah. People are actually interested in that. 100%. Those are the things that people find interesting. You're an interesting person. Know that. You're not, you're not dumb. You're not weird. You're not this. You're not that. You're interesting. You just have to find the other people that are weird as you and yeah. bring you together. Yeah. Find your pack of weirdos and then just run around together. Yeah. And that's what you do. I grew up, look, I grew up with dudes. I did everything wrong. I was into heavy metal. I was into role-playing games, comic books, everything that was bad and evil. Delinquencia. <laughs> pure delinquencia. All right? And all my friends, one of my, two of my friends works for Blizzard. Um, they just left Blizzard now. Another friend of mine is a school teacher. Another friend, my friend of mine is a, what was it? A pharmaceutical engineer. Uh, the friend that's a teacher is also a bass player for a death metal band and is, supported, and is sponsored by BC Rich. You know? Um... And uh, my, my last friend's a photographer and radiologist for Baptist Hospital. So all of us, we grew up together. We did awesome. Oh, and one guy's a, a manager at a porn company. So he's an executive at a porn company. So we did all awesome. We did amazing good stuff. So, but why? Because we supported each other. We always were helping out each other, making each other grow, making each other know stuff. Dude, support each other. Yeah. Be a team. Be a group. 
you know, try to, and there's this thing now of, of, of admonishing and lowering and shitting on other people and mm-hmm. what they're doing. If they're trying, they're already succeeding. Yep. And push that. Push that. That's 100%. the best thing. 100%. I told Kenny to give up all the time. He didn't listen. <laughs> Just stop it, Kenny. No one's going to like I mean, that, Kenny. So <clears throat> it's, it's like, you know, to, to couple that, like, over the pandemic. Before the pandemic, I didn't do any digital art at all. I didn't, I didn't want to touch the stylus, nothing. I was, you know, I was Mr. Traditional, right? It had you were still paper. making butter at home. Yeah. <laughs> but because I wanted to reach a, bit, a wider audience, I taught, I taught myself digital in two months. Like, I locked myself in my studio, and, and it was just over and over again. Right, because you know whatever. And how frustrating was those first? Ooh, really frustrating. Oof, listen, those files got deleted so fast that yeah. that because just grab the computer and just put it in a file. Because <laughs> for me, you know, being strong on paper, you know, knowing what the materials can do and how they how they work with other materials, right? That knowledge transfers over to digital. The learning curve for me was knowing where all the all the brushes and such were, right? So now I'm really proficient in GIMP and in Clip Studio Paint. I color my own stuff, right? So now I'm able to like offer that to editors. I can color. I can do digital stuff, right? You know, it's eliminating that fear of expanding, right? Um, it actually makes my life a lot easier when I work with, with the clothing designer, right? Because now I can render all my stuff in vectors and shoot it right over to him. And then he cleans it up and he sends it over to whoever his manufacturer is going to be. You know what I mean? So it expedites the process and I make more money in the end, you know? So it's, it's branching out into different creative arenas, mm-hmm. right? The t-shirt art, uh, commissions you know, building a network of people because, you know, you're not always going to make money, but you'll make a contact that later on turns into money. Yeah, not, not everything is money in hand at the moment. There's people that will take a while to come back to you. There's things that, well, it's just going to take a while, but as long as you made that contact. And another thing, and this is more sales than art, but this is also life. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't remember, might not remember your work or might not remember, but they remember how you make them feel. And if you are quiet and you don't say too much or this and that or if you are loud obnoxious they're, they're gonna remember that more than your work yeah but if you were made them laugh and made them feel good and made them feel like there was something they're gonna remember that too and they're gonna come back towards that um that's something that i i see it all the time i see a lot of artists i understand we're all like you know in the end, essence as artists a lot of us are introverted mm-hmm. and we uh, <laughs> you know we want to just be drawing and we want to just but after a while, you know, you got to get past that and, and engage in, with people to really get a point across. Yep. And Any draw all the time. Any questions? One last question. I know that some of the students here actually have a sketchbook. How do we take their sketchbook and turn it into the portfolio? Something that they'll be able to dedicate themselves to or, or try to get to it. 
I know that a lot of the portfolio landscape has changed a lot. So a lot of times everything is like now digital imaging and everything else. But there's some programs. I have a program on my phone that scans pages. Mm -hmm. Scans a page of comics or, or a sketchbook. I just scan it, put it in, 300 DPI, have it. That's, you know, no problem. If you're going to be doing digital, that's not a really a issue. It's more about just setup. Um, I will say that a sketchbook isn't necessarily a place to do finished work. Correct. You know, finished work should be finished work. If it's an 11 by 17 or it's a, it should be a board, a canvas, whatever you're going to be doing, make it as a separate piece. It should be. Your sketchbook is to show off your process, your thinking, yes. what you're doing every day on the daily. I would date the bottom of the page. I would make sure that. And you can do fun stuff. Like, it's almost like a scrapbook. I can go back and have, like, maybe I have 30 years of sketchbooks. And I can go back to the one when I was 14 and open it up and see my dumbness and also my awesomeness at the same time in that sketchbook. And I can turn the page and I can see the dates and everything else. So that's one of the things that you should tr try to do and, and put together, you know, um, because, uh, you know, put it on a blog, put it on your Instagram, what have you. Yeah. That, the, th those things should serve as uh, points on your path, right? It's like I stopped getting rid of like a lot of my old scrap scrap work, right? Because it was a point like on a GPS for me, right? Like every artist is on their own journey, right? That's why I always recommend you never compare yourself to another artist, right? They're on their own path, you know? So <clears throat> you always compare yourself to where you were a month ago. Just to show... I mean, I live off of post-its, but this is one week for me. Well, this is like all just my own color code, what I got to do, what I got to finish, what I got to do, whatever. And then, you know, I also draw as much as I can in here. I have characters that I draw. I don't have finished work in here, but some of the writing I've done, this is concept work for a character's head, you know. And then from there, I literally use a program, that can, you know, and then here's another week. And so I, I just put everything as much as I can in here. And then, okay, these are the post-it notes that are on my board. This is what I did in one month. So I put all that in there so I know what's going on. But then I also put all the fortune cookie things I get also. I'm trying to remember, I have tickets in here somewhere too. Like I have tickets from a concert I went to, painted pages, a comic I did it myself. I mean, it's just, it's a constant thing. I wake up and it's... It's an hour of, of working. This is a current like card set that I'm doing and the character list I have to run through. Um, this is my current week right now. Um, and then, then this is a painting I just did for fun where I pasted some tree branches in here and I just like glued them on there because I thought they were cool looking. And then this is my next week that's coming up. So I constantly try to use this as, as my basis. I have post-it notes inside here. I literally have my templates. You know, I carry one of these with me just to do straight lines or shapes. This is actually the size of a comic book page at 11 by 17 shrunk and down. So I just stick this in, trace it, and I know my, my it, it will be right. And post-it notes like crazy. I keep this all the time with me. I take it anywhere I go on vacation. Sometimes at a restaurant, if I got nothing to do, I'll draw on it. It's a constant thing. It's just something you're always with you. Yeah. And you will love it later on because you can always open it up. Yeah. And I mean, like, oh, remember that girl I liked? And one really, really important thing, right? And, it, and it's something that I, that I get asked all the time. How do, you, how do you find your style? How do you find your definitive, 
And the, and the answer is you won't. Because as creatives, you got to treat your craft like a living organism, right? For, for, for that living organism to stop growing is death, yeah. right? Because the cells aren't re- like replicating anymore, right? So you want to be in a constant state of development, right? I'm 43. I've been drawing since I was seven years old, right? And I'm still learning, right? The way I draw this week is very different from how I used, or how, on how I used to draw like a month ago because there's a constant state of development. I'm always learning stuff, experimenting, right? It's like those, those, those three mantras that I mentioned before, it's that but like on crack because like I draw for literally 16 to 18 hours a day. And you know what happens? A diggy diggy. You don't do that that much anymore. Exactly. You know, you're not on a video game anymore. You're not playing Switch. You're not playing Xbox. You don't know what TV shows are going on. I I forgot Ant Man came out this weekend. <laughs> I was like, what? Like, oh shit! Yeah. yeah, I might go see it Monday if I can. Um, because you're always on this. You're always doing this, and you don't feel like you're missing out because you're loving it. Yep. You're really digging it. You know, make the time to learn something new. Make the time to learn a new skill. And and this is not only applies in art, but in anything. Mm-hmm. You know, if you like making sushi, go look at a YouTube video of making sushi, or go look at a blog post about it. You know, the, I'm I'm pretty sure we got a lot of anime fans in here, right? Th- this is the this is the training montage. Yeah. This is the training montage before you fight the big bat. Only the training montage never ends. Yep. All right. So like, constant state of development. Right, challenge yourself, do things outside of your comfort zone, dedicate the time, put in the work. You'll see the results, guaranteed. What's your, what's your thought process when you create something? Because for me, I always ask anyone that creates something what they're thinking because it helps me get that insight. Mm-hmm. And because my sketchbook is just showcasing my personality and like my thought process and just kind of figuring things out. It would, for me, it, it would depend on like what the vibe is in the moment. Right, because if say for example I get uh, contracted to work on someone else's intellectual property, and it's an IP that I'm not familiar with, I do homework. Right, like uh, if it's like something that's steampunk, set in the 1800s, Victorian, whatever, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go down the steampunk rabbit hole, right? Because whatever I put on that paper has to feel authentic. Right, it's got to be convincing for me. Cause my lizard brain is weird like that. That it's gotta, it's got. I gotta convince myself, yeah, you gotta right? Commit to it. Exactly. So it's like you know, if it's if it's sci-fi, I'll I'll go down a deep sci-fi rabbit hole, right? And because my thing is, it's gotta feel convincing, right? Like for example, in this in this book, uh, the writer gave me a lot of lane to to do the fight scene. Yeah, right. With pure rough, with all my on the side, and then I start so he gave me he gave me point A yeah. and point Z. He didn't give me what happened in between, right? So instead of just kind of you know showcasing one thing in one panel and then how it ends in the next panel, that's too fast, right? It's got to be convincing. There's a there's a part here where she takes down two guys and then like she takes out another guy that's coming in the door. Right, but how does she get there? Right, so I have her like land a certain way, 
And then in between that, it's a panel where she rolls on her back and then throws the weapon at the guy coming in the door, right? So there's a, there's a steady flow, right? There's still the tension. It feels visceral. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right? So before, before I do anything on an 11 by 17 size board, I'm in my sketchbook scratching out how the panels are going to be laid out. Yeah, thumbnailing. Thumbnails, right? The thumbnails... You got to live and breathe yeah, thumbnails. Thumbnails okay? is everything. Live and breathe thumbnails. And in drawing, the general thing that's always been go from general to specific. You don't yeah. start right away drawing the like, points of the eye and everything else. It's like, no, where's the head? Where's the arms? When I was learning figure drawing, if you're going to draw a figure, if it's sitting on something, draw the chair first. Yep. Well, how is it sitting? If it's in the air? How the, you know? You use it as a reference. Yeah, because you're, you want to get the weight down and everything else. The same thing in writing. Like, if you're going to create something, a lot of times I will work with an outline. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we were working on a comic together, I just said, okay, first off, we got to make an outline. Yep. What's this about? What's your main story about? I, I, I did a story of uh, in Zombie Years. It's on, on Webtoons. And it's a pretty much post-apocalyptic zombie tale that takes place in Miami. And I wrote, like, Walking Dead with Better Weather. <laughs> you know because I was like I didn't get in Walking Dead why they went north it's like yeah. dude it gets cold and it sucks like <laughs> go south <laughs> yeah so yeah. I was working on it but in the end it was all about community yeah. and I was more um, enthusiastic about it and I was more inspired because of the hurricanes that we went through in 05 and everything else and when the power got knocked out and you couldn't see anything outside and I had neighbors that I knew and my mom's place that I knew for 20 years that I haven't really talked to. And all of a sudden, because of that, we started talking yeah. and we started helping each other. I remember the guy across the street, I've known him for 20, since I was a kid, he came out and he's like, hey man, your phone doesn't need to get charged, I got a generator. I'm like, yeah, sure. And when I went over there, he was like, oh, I don't really have much food, I only have canned food. I'm like, dude, I got steaks, I gotta make a bunch of steaks because they're getting, they're thawing out. And we started making food. Then the other neighbor came with a tambacha de, de frijoles and we were like eating rice and beans and steak. And we had one of the best meals I ever had. Yeah. Because, and I saw, okay, community is the way mm-hmm. to fight this, uh, the zombie apocalypse, etc. So that was my main thing. Once you understand that and you have that in your outline, that it's the idea of community, you can always go back to it. You can go and attack a system. You know? I got another question. Um, so how do you go about like building line conflicts? Because sometimes I have, I do have a network because I have two friends that work in DreamWorks and a, a few others because they trade each other in the industry mm-hmm. usually. So then I sit on Discord with them and I'm usually always just drawing. So they'll be like, you're gonna play any games? You wanna play Monster Hunter? And I'm like, no, I gotta draw. I gotta do my figure draw. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, because figure drawing to me is like, it's getting all the bad drawings out of my head. That's sure. what I, I see it as. It's just brute forcing mm. myself. And we all have a lot of those. Yeah. It's like the, the pull of getting 10,000 bad drawings out of your hand. Yep. And I, for some reason, I can't get that fluidity or that flow. Sometimes I'll think about the line of gesture and I'll think about the pivot between the, you know, the relationship mm-hmm. between the, mm-hmm. the, the shoulder plane and the, the pelvis. But how do you get that Thank you guys for coming. Uh, yeah. Sorry, yeah, we went over by the what? It's really uh, about repetition. Right? Like I I've had kids that are like super heavy handed that they'll like scar the paper. Right? They'll like dig into the tooth of the page. Right? So the exercise that I have them do Ooh. The exercise that I'll have them do 
is um, I'll have them fill a page with circles. Right? Yeah. But they're not allowed to rest their hand on the page. I've done that before where I draw like a line going out and then I go and draw the ellipsis going out and I practice ellipses, mm -hmm. um, C shapes, F shapes. Oh, work on just like how you hold the pen. Yeah. How you hold it. Because remember, this is how we write. This is not how we're supposed to draw. Yeah. So sometimes there's this way of drawing it. There's this way. And then even in this, like there's this way, there's this way. There's this way. There's like a bunch of different ways of holding yeah, it. Like and that's going to describe. Then also, are you drawing from your yeah, arm? Get True. That, pivot. that way you get that flow yeah. and that steadiness. That's what I usually do because I have worked with big canvases. That's the only thing I struggle with. with like Thank you. Mm -hmm. It's kind of not as... You know, I think we're going over time. Are we? Yeah. Are they, it's already 12.05. They're, they're giving us the, the wrap it up I sign? I don't know. I don't know <laughs> if they're doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys for coming. Yeah, absolutely. Great. Check us out. We're out on the floor. Uh, yeah. Juan's got his uh, his Fuacata book, right? I got copies of uh, Chronicles of Charm Lazy and my art book at the table, and I am taking commission. Same here. All right. Awesome. All right. Thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you. So that was a show. Um, it was a great show. I wanted to thank George Moss for having us. Um, he was super cool. I, I, I love the show because it's small but big. You know, like everybody gets there. It's free. Um, everybody has a good time. Everybody enjoys it. It's kind of quick. It's like 10 to 5, like bing, bam, boom. You're in and out. Uh, but the, that's good because it's just full of activities the whole day. Uh, Flynn's Arcade was there. Goblin's Heist was there. Um, just uh, And it was just cool to walk around and, and, and fist bump and say hi to everybody and everything else. And it was cool to sell my comics. And to everybody who picked up sketch cards or copies of my comic, thank you. Thank you so much. That was really cool. It reminded me how essential com uh, comic conventions are, not just to make new connections, reinforce connections, say hi to people, stay connected, but um, just being in the scene and being in the love of this thing that we call comics. It was, um, it was fun. It was awesome. I, I really dug it. Thank you, George, for having me. Anyway, folks, um, we'll be back next week. Uh, Monday Motivation, uh, as always. Uh, I always try to do those as much as possible. And uh, every week, uh, we'll occasionally have uh, uh, bonuses. We're going to do some review bonuses probably this weekend. Uh, uh, one episode, we're going to experiment posting on the weekend sometimes. Um, just review stuff. That's just stuff that I, I've been digging, what I've been watching, and everything else. And uh, what else? Uh, we have oh, Fuck It Out number two still in the pro works. I'm looking at the sheet right now. I got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven. I got at least 26 pages. I got to finish lettering. <laughs> They're done. I just got to letter them. My favorite part. Yeah. Uh, as always, you can find me every day, every weekday on whatnot at 12 p.m. And then throughout the day at 4 or 6 p.m. I have other shows that I do. So you can always check me out there. I'll be drawing live. I've been doing sketch covers and sketch cards for folks and illustrations. If you need anything, hit me up, fakata at gmail.com. And I can hook you up and you tell me what you need. And we turn that go come together. Yay. Uh, other than that, um, I am going to be out and about doing different stuff i will be announcing it on instagram um because i'm waiting for finalizations on some plans 
And other than that, uh, oh, and Thursday, uh, if you're listening to this Thursday morning, Thursday nights at 9 p.m., I will be on Facebook live uh, from the Goblin's Heist. Check out the Goblin's Heist Facebook page to put in the Goblin's Heist. And uh, you will find all the past shows there that I've done. We do Come Get Your Nerd On, which is our comic review show. Uh, lots of fun. Uh, come by. Uh, check it out. Uh, I've been trying to post them on YouTube. It's just that it takes a while to edit and download and put stuff. And I had some computer issues this week just because I didn't have enough memory for all this shit. Um, but yeah, so we do that every Thursday also. And uh, Wednesdays is Vigil on Webtoons, which is my Miami superhero comic. Comes out a new page every Wednesday. And on Saturdays, wait, yeah, Saturdays, Saturday, no, shit, Wednesdays, zombie years, Saturdays, <laughs> oh, what a hell of a fucking, fuck up the outro here, Juan, uh, on Webtoons, you can check out my comics there, as always, go to fuckada.com and check out everything that's going on, I try to post as much as I can, every two weeks we do a big blog post of everything that's happening, we've kind of reeled back on the blog post because I've just been too busy, uh, but not too busy to do the podcast, we've been good. Eh, 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 eh. Uh, and we'll be back next week on Thursday thank you so much for listening guys and I'll see you next week